Good morning, listeners. My name is Dustin Pym, and this is Julian Ho. Welcome to the S&T Show. It's just Julian and Dustin in the booth today on a snowy February afternoon. Morning. Morning. Oh my! Why did, you know what? It's because my son got up at five a.m. today. Right, I have right. no idea. What's You're in going the afternoon right, right now. Yeah, I, like I think I'm in the thick of in the middle of my day right now, but I actually am just getting things started right now. Great, uh, guys. Today we got a short episode. We want to talk to you, and we want to talk each other about literacy. Julian, maybe mm-hmm. maybe literacy. Maybe let's define that for our listeners before we get in. What is just literacy? No, let's not put a a context on it yet. What is literacy? Uh, in my head, literacy is the ability to communicate. It's having the tools, the base foundational tools to communicate, whether it be to the self, to others, or to just communicate an idea. Now, now could literacy be even beyond communication and could it just be your ability to do a task? That could be right because a comprehensive, like, right? Like if I wanted to write a skill. story, I need to be literate, mm-hmm. you know, to write that. If I wanted to be a photographer and take a really good photo, I probably mm-hmm. have to have some literacy, right, with the camera. If that makes sense. So let me think. Maybe comprehension. There's a certain level of understanding. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be a literate person. Okay. Someone who has an understanding of what they're doing or what they're thinking. Sure. That could be a base. Uh, at U of T, when we talk about literacy, we talk obviously we talk about it in physical literacy, but we use four things to kind of define it. And this is actually used by a bunch of organizations around the, the globe. And notes. those four things are uh, effective. So feelings and thoughts and the psychological side. So do you like to do it? Is it fun for you? You know, so again, we're applying this to just the word literacy right now. Uh, the second one would, well, again, with physical literacy, there's the physical. So that's like fitness. That's your actual ability to complete a task. Function? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Can you lift yourself over this? Can you step over this? Can you throw this thing? The third one is what we call the cognitive. Now, the cognitive is the understanding and the knowledge of that thing. Hmm. So we do this because of these benefits. I understand that this is safer because of this. I do it like this because it does this. Mm. It's less about the act of doing it and about the thought process behind it and why we do it. Okay. Uh, so for example, let me give you something again in a physical literacy way. We always talk about aligning your hip, knee, and your ankle. You know, that supports the, the knee joint and the ankle joint and the hip joint, so you're in an optimal, stable position. but we're doing that because it's safer and it's actually gonna have a performance output as well because that's a better way to send force as opposed to angling the knee in and having like a valgus knee or something like that. The fourth component of physical literacy is behavioral. So that's like the daily practice. That's the, the choices that you do. So if we were to take that, obviously it's not gonna work for everything. Like if we're gonna talk about you know, different uh, types of literacy, yeah, different like, parts oh, of our life. But you know, like back in episode one or two, we talked about emotional literacy. Yes. So you'd obviously have to skew those a little bit, but there's still like an effective component. There's going to be the function component of it. There's going to be uh, I understand what I'm doing component. And then there's the behavioral and it's like the choices that I make, mm-hmm. right? So I, I know that you've been talking about it and we've been talking about it a little bit. Maybe let's talk about social literacy. And how would, how would you maybe define social literacy? Well, now that I've been schooled lovingly 
about physical literacy. See, we can adopt those four pillars to the social literacy. Um, when it comes to being effective, maybe that's about sharing who you want to be and how you want to put yourself out there um, to people that respects the authentic nature in yourself. It could also be, because effective to me is a, is a lot about like feelings. Okay. It could also be the feeling of a space. Oh, right. And the feeling that you're trying to create within a space. So like you and I. The context. Yeah, so you and I in this booth, it's always a let's have fun, but let's challenge each other a little bit, mm. right? Like let's have a, a space that is motivating because we have two minds kind of jostling back and forth. So there's that challenge and there's almost that excitement of the competition and that energy because of that, right? So it creates like a, an exciting energy. Mm. So maybe that's part of it, right? It feels exciting. Okay, well, physical maybe could play off of that. Maybe the nonverbals. Yep. So how you present yourself yeah. physically, how you relate to people, whether there's some physical touch to it, yeah. eye contact, yeah. smiling, yes. those kinds of things. Yes. So that could be the physical part of it. Um, the cognitive part of social literacy could be the logical side. So objectively planning, what are my intentions? What do I want on a process goals or a outcome goal yes. from this interaction? Then when I think about the behavioral side of social literacy, um, it could be the respect for others and the respect for yourself. So manners, um, Chivalry, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. The daily choice whenever you interact with somebody, I'm going to give this interaction 100%. Mm -hmm. Well, some people don't, right? They, they wear different hats for different people, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I thought that was, that was excellent. Yeah, it was nice to have those four pillars to go to to reflect on what literacy could look like on a social level. And then we can expand into the emotional level um, and really talk about the holistic human. Yeah. So for you, maybe let's just, you know, like, let's give a snapshot. For you, when you're talking about your social literacy within those four pillars, what do you think are some of the things that you are strong at? Or things that you might do in that space? Because I would, I would call you very socially literate. Like, I've never seen you in an interaction not have a, you know, something interesting come out or... You know, there's always smiles. There's always a positive energy in there, even though sometimes it's, you know, you got to be challenging because it's maybe a managerial thing or a coaching thing. But there's always this this great vibe. Mm. And I feel it when we do it. So what is Julian doing to make make his social literacy so awesome? Well, um, a big source on on my, I guess, research and development over the years, because I haven't always haven't always been socially literate these are skills these skills are skills that have taken time these are skills to like, hone. and there are things i used to be really poor at but i've gotten better as i've yes. gotten older socially right but they have improved my literacy because mm -hmm. really what literacy then boils down to is the ability to do these things in any environment mm -hmm. and i feel like you're a guy i can i could put you anywhere i could mm -hmm. put you in a bathroom stall beside like a football player i could put you in uh, a love setting, talking with people about relationships. I feel like I could put you in front of a corporate space mm -hmm. and have Julian talk to you about whatever he's doing on the corporate wellness side. Yeah. I feel like I could put you in a lot of different contexts and you'd be fine because you're socially literate. Mm -hmm. but why are you socially literate? Um, sorry, just to add to that, uh, I think also good indicators is 
how you are in front of kids, babies, and animals. Again, different different demographics, different yeah. settings, right? Some of the those those same principles will apply across different demographics. Mm -hmm. Some of them will have to change. But it's about, you know, experiencing different things so you have more tools in your box mm -hmm. so that you can fix any, well, it's not a problem, but go into any problem ready to do your job. Well, one thing that I focus on to help with social literacy is a level of self-acceptance, yeah. self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence, self-talk, self-respect. There's a lot of communication within and acceptance and whatnot within information within that you hold that helps you develop a certain level of awareness so that when you are in social settings, then you know how to control and work the, the tools that you have outwardly. So uh, being able to self-manage and self-monitor is really important. And these are th starting points. Um, when you've done your own self-work, then can you really, really build upon the skills over the time, so over the years? Let me ask you a more pointed question. How, when you're in, an, in a social setting or an interaction, how are you, what are you using to measure where you're at? Like, is it, is it a feel? Is it, is it a words you're hearing that are triggers? Is it a, what, what is it that makes you go yes or no? Or mm -hmm. I need to adjust something here. What, what is that barometer? Like what, you know what I mean? Like what's your thermometer to, to do that? I definitely enjoy external validation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get, I'm getting better at not baselining on that, mm -hmm. meaning benchmarking and reflecting on how I behave based on what other people see and feel from what I say. A lot of it comes internally, and I think that's what you're getting at, is like, where is that internal voice, that intuition? Um, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes these questions pop in my head, and sometimes there's a level of self-talk that's like, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if I asked this question? Okay, just do it now. Yeah. And then you go. Yeah. And then you just see what, see and what happens. And then it's either, yay, or... And then you either, if it doesn't land, then you back and you refine yeah, yeah, it and yeah. then you go back again so there's it's hard to kind of learn about the invention of ideas mm -hmm. and how that comes about because a lot of it's influenced by so many things at that moment so you're literally surfing with the universe yeah and with the people around you yo there's there's a julianism right there surfing with the universe oh my god you would you would dropped a bomb on me like that in a minute that was a good one surfing on the universe but that's what this is really all about though, right because right? if you have the tools yes then no matter what's happening you can you can ride the wave mm -hmm. you can you know like it's like a wayfarer you know like moana and and maui mm -hmm. if you've seen moana which mm -hmm. is an amazing movie it's great but like you know when you have the tools to, to steer your ship, you can ride any wave. You got oh, it. Oh, this is getting you got it. so metaphorical. And the analogies are perfect. I, I love it. I agree. Um, but getting to some of your, some of the questions or answers to how I navigate um, social literacy and how I apply, some of the top things that I've been working on, um, one of them is elevate others. So when you're... So is that like affirmations? Like, hey, you're doing a great job at this. Yes. Or is it, it empowering like people? I'm like, hey, you can do this. Go get it. Go get this done. To an extent, yeah. But also just paying compliments live while you're in a group conversation. 
and someone maybe self-deprecating, making fun of themselves. You can join in on that and just kind of roast them and join the fun and humor of it. But then you can also turn it around and say, but you know, but Dustin's an all around amazing guy. Here's what he did for me last summer. And even though he's a shithead at times, he's done this for me. Exactly. And that shithead, remember that. <laughs> and that that's a, a chance to <laughs> validate other people and compliment and elevate yeah, others yeah. in front of others. And that really is a great way to show a sense of leadership, a sense of appreciation, um, also uh, a respect. So there's many guardrails and governing things that happen without you knowing in social situations. For example, um, social hierarchy, how you stand and how you position yourself, how you sit at the table can change the dynamic of conversation and of social literacy. So those things are things that help, so elevating others, help break those hierarchies down yeah, yeah. and it makes everyone feel comfortable in that safe space. Um, another thing um, before I ask you is one quality that I try my best to balance is a level of goofiness and silliness to balance the seriousness that I like to dive into. And I like to be silly. I like to play around and be goofy because that um, shifts the mood. No, oh, totally. And it. That's probably my, like, that's my first pitch. Yeah. Probably more than anything. I'm like, hey guys, I'm the high energy goofball. I feel like that's my first pitch. And then we'll see who's swinging and who's going to hit that or not. Right. And when done in the right time, at the right place, in front of the right people, when you have to assess it. I mean, right is also a weird word because being your authentic self should be, at the end of the day, the, the, the law or the rule. But not everyone operates on that authentic principle of life. Yes. Some people have these guardrails, these, these, these things that hold them back, these conditions that prevent them from being authentic. Therefore, you know, you have people who are willing to judge and critic without, you know, putting themselves forward yeah. and being vulnerable. So goofiness and silliness, I think, is always a great way to disrupt the silliness, sorry, the seriousness of a mood. But when done correctly and done well and tastefully, um, it can really uh, elevate the mood. Yeah, yeah. It could shake everyone out. It's the Julian is uh, deep and dirty. Deep and dirty. I try to go dirty. <laughs> I try to go dirty in situations. <laughs> I try to go dirty while riding the wave. Next. You. Oh, me. What's out of these kind of qualities that reflect a certain level of charisma and magnetism, you're the king of this stuff. You know what, though? Here's the thing. And, and, and this is what I would say. It, here's the thing for me with the social stuff. And, it's, and this is a cognitive thing that I had to process. And it's a, it's a simple phrase. You know that phrase, treat others how you want to be treated? Mm -hmm. Well, that is a fallacy. Really? No one wants to be treated the way you want to be treated. People want to be treated the way that they, they. want to be treated. Mm. And I had a really hard time with that because I was like, oh, you know what? I'll treat people like Dustin wants to be treated. I'd be very direct. I would say things that maybe were a little too blunt. Wow. And then I was like, whoa, I'm really off putting some people in this space right now. What I need to do is I got to go, what would they want? Uh, meet people where they are. Right? It, yeah. And to me, it's again, it's treat others how they want to be treated. Mm. Because, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's say so I'm working with So much empathy a, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's say I'm working with a student or a, a person here at Sweat and Tonic and they, they're like, they come up to me and they, they're asking me about something they did in class. I have to right away realize that maybe they don't want to hear it, the cold, hard truth. 
Maybe mm. what they really want is they want a pillow, and in the middle of their pillow is a little chocolate wrapped in cold hard truth. But a tiny, you know, you love get, that. You get what I'm saying? Oh, that's so. We're nice. talking metaphors, but you get what I'm saying. Right? I do. Uh, Humility. And, and, yes, and that's something for me that I had to really. My mom was such a all gangbuster. She's like, you know what? I treat others how I, I think. I want to be treated. And she's like, if they can't handle it, get out of the way. Mm. And I kind of adopted that when I was younger mm. and I had to really work through that. Mm. Thanks wifey for being patient. One uh, quote that I wrote down, humility is thinking not less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Ooh. And I say, think that say, goes, it, say it again in a more like Zen master way. Cause I know you can. Humility is thinking not less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Gong. And I think that speaks to yeah, exactly what you're talking 100% about. That's 100% what it is. That's really, really important for I love it. a level of social literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a really important quality that actually sparked this empathetic approach um, to social settings. Um, last night, I got together with some um, great minds around curating a safe space. Um, which is a communication workshop that we host here at SNT, is storytelling. And one thing that I, I guess the Julian Ho thing, was instead of teaching people how to be better storytellers, I kind of pulled it 360, 180, and I said, maybe a really next level goal is to help make other people better storytellers in that if you're in a conversation with someone, let's say you're in an elevator and you're doing an elevator pitch, maybe it's not about you pitching to someone who you are and telling your story. Maybe the quality of a great storyteller is the ability to ask the question of your elevator mate and tell, have them tell you their story. Whoa. You know how it flips? Yeah. Because the two, the best teachers are the best students and vice versa. And the best students are also the best teachers. And in this sense, when it comes to storytelling or just um, being a great human, it's maybe asking yourself, how can you make your neighbor a, an incredible human as well? Yeah. And show you those qualities. And those are the things that like people like Tim Ferriss, he teases out the best yeah, yeah. and he brings out the best in people, these yeah. world-class experts. He's just curious. He just wants to know, but he wants to share it with the Even world. Like a, like a Zane Lowe or yeah, any of those really solid interview people. They're, yes. they're really good at, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's another level of social. I don't think, I think it's beyond social literacy. Literacy is just like the baseline yes. stuff. Yes. But how do we take it to a point of not just the ABCDs, but maybe poetry? in the world of social science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you a poet Ooh. in uh, physical literacy? Can you move, can you emote, and can you socialize um, but what I as think a poet is important, would? But what I think is important when it comes to literacy is you can't just be good at poetry. You have to be good at a thesis. Mm-hmm. You have to be good at short story. Yep. You have to be good at writing a novel. Yes. And the more things that you have experience and exposure to is going to give you more variation to get whatever you need to get done. When you're in a meeting with people at your job, the task is the task. You have to get that meeting done and be productive. When you're in an elevator pitch, you gotta get what you gotta get out of that. Mm-hmm. And if you've had exposure to a lot of different things, that's gonna allow you to be better in no matter what the situation is. Whether you're sitting with Julian Ho, or you're sitting in front of a room of 400 people at the HRPA conference, 
whatever it is, you're going to have that ability once you've explored those things. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is a golden nugget takeaway for listeners in regards to literacy? I, I, I think what I just said is it. Okay. Like literacy and like all things is a skill. And to get better at something, you have to practice it. Mm. You have to practice it. So practice it in different environments, practice using different techniques, practice using different people. Mm. And the more environments that you can feel confident and competent in, the more places you're gonna have success. Mm. Julian, take away? Um, or there, nugget to give him? There has to be uh, a reason, maybe a higher reason to exert yourself and try new things and take risks. So I always ask myself the question, who can I love becoming? Who can I love becoming? And that sets the tone to being more of a student of social literacy, physical literacy. It gives me that deeper meaning because without that reason, without yearning to be um, a better person, I'm at a standstill. Yeah. And then I ask myself, what's the point of, of trying to elevate others, to show social literacy through universal touch, sharing praise, being goofy and humble? Um, all these techniques are not given uh, a runway for further growth. So I think as long as we take the time to, again, always stop and ask, who can we love becoming? That, for me, has helped develop these skills over time. Boom. That's it. Guys, thanks for listening. This was a, a quickie on, on literacy. Literacy.